Hey friends, Merry Christmas. I love that this episode drops in your podcast feed the day after Christmas, and I hope it finds you well-rested and joyful. Our little crew of Lingers has been sick this entire week, and so we are enjoying quiet family time and praying for a recovery for everyone soon. This episode also finds you a few days before the first day of 2023, and there are many resolutions that I've made over the years, but the one that I keep making and keep failing is to read the Bible from cover to cover. Some years. I've tried to read Genesis to Revelations and I've fallen off the bandwagon sometime around Leviticus. Then I tried reading and listening with Father Mike Schmitz and his podcast and like so many of us (laughs) made it past Leviticus and then just stopped listening. I want to read through the Bible and you might too, but how and where do we find the motivation to get past the boring parts I'm looking at you, descriptions of the Ark of the Covenant, the run-on sentences from St. Paul, and the parts that just leave you confused. Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast where we explore and embrace what St. Pope John Paul II called the feminine genius, this unique strength and dignity that we have as women and what growing in that looks like in our everyday lives. This is not a podcast that defines the quote-unquote one perfect way to be a Catholic woman, and it's not about shoving yourself into a box or measuring yourself up with a set of expectations that you never feel like you ever fit into. Instead, you're going to find conversations with women in a variety of seasons of life, and you're going to hear about how they are living out their own feminine genius. And this is all offered as encouragement for you to discover more about who you are and how you are called to live out the feminine genius too. My name is Chloe Linger, and I'm a Catholic wife and mom living in Kansas City. I sat down to record this conversation so, so early in the morning because my guest today joined me from the UK, and so the girls were sleeping, the dog was sleeping, and I had a gigantic mug of coffee in front of me. It's here in these very precious and very few quiet moments around the house that I get to reflect on how incredible the feminine genius is and what an honor it is to join women across the globe in conversations about it and then get to share those conversations with you. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Meg Hunter-Kilmer. She is an itinerant missionary and the author of a brand new Bible journal. Oh, and she just wrapped up her 21st reading through the entire Bible, so she has some great advice if this is your goal for the upcoming year too. We're talking about what Meg's very first read through scripture looked like and the unique way that she recommends reading the Bible so that you don't get bogged down in First and Second Chronicles. And Meg also shares one of my new favorite saint quotes on scripture that I had not heard until our conversation today. So if you want to spend time in God's word every day and grow in your knowledge and love of scripture, sister, this letter is for you. This episode of the Letters to Women podcast is sponsored by the Little Catholic Box. The Little Catholic Box is a quarterly subscription box for Catholic women. Each quarter, the owner, Erica, curates unique and gorgeous Catholic items around a spiritual theme. It is so much fun to be a subscriber. It's also a blessing to artists and creators and small businesses whose items are featured. Through the end of December, which is only a few days left, you can sign up for one year of The Little Catholic Box at thelittlecatholicbox.com letters. When you go to that link, you're going to lock in the 2022 pricing and receive four quarterly boxes in the new year, and that first one will ship in February. The subscription automatically cancels in 12 months, so this makes a great gift for family and friends. And you can visit thelittlecatholicbox.com letters before December 31st to sign up. 
Today, I'm welcoming Meg Hunter-Kilmer to the podcast. Meg is an itinerant missionary and a storyteller who travels the world telling people about the fierce and tender love of God. She is a fellow of the Sullivan Family Saints Initiative in the McGrath Institute for Church Life and the author of two books about the saints, Saints Around the World, an International Saint Storybook for Children, and Pray for Us, 75 Saints Who Sinned, Suffered, and Struggled on Their Way to Holiness. When she's not obsessively Googling obscure saints, trying to convince people to read scripture or driving a distances while listening to audiobooks at double speed. She loves watching the Olympics and spending time with her nieces, nephews, and godchildren. Meg, welcome back to Letters to Women. It is so much fun to get to sit down and chat with you again. Chloe, I am always so glad to be here. <laughs> I love the double speed audiobooks. Every once in a while, I will try that, and then I come back to it, and it's like, oh, how was I listening to this? This is at chipmunk speed. So, snaps to you, friend. That's impressive. <laughs> I can't pay attention if it's any slower than that. My brain is like, oh, you can definitely multitask. And I like half listen to a book and half list all the varieties of cheese I've ever heard of. You know, something really important like that. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I didn't listen to any of this, and I have to rewind. So, when I do it on double speed, I actually have to pay attention. I get through a lot better. There you go. Maybe I'll have to try it in the new year. Give it another shot. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about reading the Bible in a year and how you've done that 20 times and wrestling with the hard and the boring parts of scripture. And you've been on the show before. We've talked about surrender. We've talked about the saints. And I'm going to link those past conversations in the show notes today. But to start off today's conversation, could you tell me a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman and where you find yourself today? Well, today I am in Salisbury, UK looking at the very bleak and dreary sky on the shortest day of the year. We're recording this on the winter solstice. I am a missionary, so I live out of my car and I drive around the country and I fly around the world telling people how much God loves them. So I've been living out of my car for 10 and a half years now, and I've been to 50 states and 25 countries, driven, oh, maybe 335,000 miles. So I'm just wrapping up my visit to the UK. I've been here for a month and I'll head back tomorrow, so I'll be home for Christmas. Oh, I love it. I love that every time that I've had a conversation with you, we've had, you've sat at my dining room table one time, but then every other time that we've called, it's been from a different part of, of the world. And it helps that you're very flexible with time zones because you messaged and we're like hey can you do this time and I was like well that's one o'clock in the morning for me and you're like okay hang on let's not do that so thanks for that Appreciate oh totally you. absolutely you recently put together a new book a year in the word catholic bible journal and it's published through our sunday visitor and so many of us have joined you reading through scripture with your reading plan that I've found and know, I know so many others have found on your website so I'd love to hear the story about this book and what the writing process was like for you you know it's so funny I I, I feel like I shouldn't admit this I wrote the whole thing on Instagram which <laughs> is not generally my approach to life um so I I've read the Bible I'm actually about to finish my 21st time through so I'm 10 days shy of having read the Bible 21 times uh, the first time I read it it was it took me five years right Genesis to Revelation it was so difficult and then I started using this yearly Bible schedule and then I put together my own yearly Bible schedule and every year I'm like you guys you should read the Bible with me you should read the Bible with me and every January people are like yeah great idea and every February people are like oh yeah that didn't happen in 2020 January 2020 I was like well what if I just like remind people every day you know, by maybe like sharing a reflection in Instagram stories every day. And then people will see this reflection and they'll be like, oh, that's right. I was supposed to read that, you know, or like maybe they, they aren't doing the Bible plan, but they read that reflection. and They're like, wow, I should look at that passage, right? Like whatever I can do to get people reading scripture. And so I started writing these reflections on Instagram just in stories and probably, I don't know, four or five weeks in, I was like, oh gosh, this is probably going to be a book, isn't it? Now you would think that at that point, a person would start like, 
writing this on a computer in a document and then like copying and pasting into Instagram. But what I did, Chloe, is I voice texted these reflections into Instagram. And then in December, I went through and screenshotted all of the stories and extracted the text into a Word document. And I was like, what What am I even doing? Like, is there a more millennial way to write a book? This is absurd. So it really was like real time, my 19th time through the Bible, I am reading this. And here's what I think the Holy Spirit is saying to me today. And you know, COVID happened in the middle of that, and the 2020 election happened mm-hmm. in the middle of that, and um, uh, George Floyd and yep. all of that happened yep. in the middle of that. And so you can see some of that in the reflections. You're like, oh, all of a sudden she's talking about race a lot more than she had been, or she's talking mm-hmm. about obedience a lot more than she had been, or, you know, all of these things. And so I had to kind of go through afterwards and be like, okay, let's make this a more universal reality. Like, we don't need to suddenly have three weeks about pandemics and scripture, right? Like, it needs to be a little bit more um, relevant to all times and all places. So yeah, the editing process was definitely much more intense than it has been for my other books. You know, I remember talking to you, I think it was our first conversation and you were sharing about wanting to write about scripture and how so many times you would sit down to write something and you would feel the nudge to go write an Instagram post or go sit on social media and be with somebody. And so to see both of these collide and the Lord use that Instagram platform to be the channel through which that you're able to write these is just absolutely fantastic. That is really cool. I hadn't considered that. Thanks thanks for that insight. I'm going to have to take that one to prayer. Okay, so you read you've read the Bible. You're on your 21st read. Take me back to the first time you committed. It's going to take you 5 years. Looking back <laughs> after that first read, tell me about how scripture impacted and formed you, maybe particularly in that first reading, but then throughout this the following 20 reads. You know, it's funny to think about because I was 13 when I first started reading the Bible. I had just met Jesus like literally probably the day before. Um, you know, and I, I don't do things halfway. So I come out of this retreat where I've had this conversion through the sacrament of confession. And I was like, well, God wrote one book, so I'm going to read it. And partially it's because I'm a know-it-all, right? And partially it's because I really, like, I had fallen in love and I, and I wanted to keep running after Jesus. And so I just started at Genesis 1 and I read through. And I would be, I, I think it would be really generous to say that I understood like a tenth of a percent of what I was reading. Like I had... I had no idea. I didn't know how anything connected. I didn't know. I mean, like, I don't know that I would have known the word Trinity at that point. Like, I was just very, very ill-catechized. And it's just so beautiful to consider the way that the Lord was working in my experience of scripture, even when I didn't understand a word of it. You know what? I can go through. I have my same Bible. I've used the same Bible my entire life. So it's my first communion Bible. And I can see some of the notes that I wrote when I just didn't know anything. And I'm like, ooh sweet little Meg. Nope, that is not what that meant. Right. And some of them are like crossed out because I realized later that I was wrong. But I finished, you know, I got all the way through to the end and I'd gotten so bogged down and I'd given up for months at a time, but I don't quit things. And so I kept going and I got through to the end and I was like, well, I don't feel like the right response to I've read the whole Bible is now I'm done. You know, like I don't feel like I, I got as much out of that as I should have. And so I just, I started over again, right. This time using a schedule that made it more possible to keep going when I was when I was frustrated by Chronicles, right? That I had other passages that I was reading every day. And I, you know, it's just been amazing, right? 21 times I've read the Bible. I still read with a pencil in my hand, right? Anytime that I take my Bible to prayer and don't have a pencil with me, I end up regretting it because there's always something new. I mean, I underlined something yesterday that I have read at least 25 times, right? And um, and yesterday I was like, oh, and I spent my entire holy hour praying about this one verse that I had just never 
considered before, right? And St. Gregory the Great says, scripture is a river deep and wide, shallow enough here for the lamb to wade and deep enough there for the elephant to swim. Oh, I love that. Right? It's my probably my favorite thing ever said about scripture. And I just, I spend so much time praising the Lord for that because, you know, there's just always something new. You can be an absolute infant in your walk with Jesus and he can show you beautiful things in scripture, right? Like, I don't know that I got much out of Chronicles and Nehemiah when I was reading the first time, but I know that I got things out of the Gospels. I know that I got things out of Paul. I know that I got things out of Isaiah and the Song of Songs and these passages that are still some of the most important words I've ever read were words that the Lord was speaking to me when I was 14 and 15 and completely ignorant as to everything that I ought to believe as a Catholic. But but God's word is alive and the Holy Spirit works through it. And he was speaking to me even even when I had so little understanding of anything else. Uh, walk me through how you've structured this journal because it's it's not it doesn't start in Genesis, Genesis 1. And the last day is not revelations and reading through chronologically. You structured it so beautifully so that it's, it's possible to get through. Can you tell me a little bit about what helps get through those drier and denser sections? I was very intentional in the way that I was um, putting together this schedule because I just feel like we need a lot of carrots dangling in front of us Amen. when we're going through the harder parts of scripture. So the schedule has three readings every day. You'll actually read the gospels twice in the year that you're doing the Bible. Um, so every day you read half a chapter of a gospel, you read a chapter of something more poetic like Psalms or Hebrews, something that you really want to like take some time with and chew through. And then two to four chapters of the story. So it takes you through the story of the Old Testament and the church chronologically, but with epistles interspersed, with like the fun books interspersed, so that when you're reading Leviticus, you're also reading Mark, you're also reading the Psalms, and when you finish First Chronicles and you're like, oh my gosh, I just cannot read another Chronicle, it's like, oh, okay, but actually just read Second Timothy real quick right? And you've read Second Timothy and you're like, okay, now go on to Second Chronicles, right? But you just get all of these, all of these sort of lights at the end of the tunnel in front of you so that when you're in the middle of something and you're like, I just don't know if I can re keep reading this, you're like, but you know what? I just have to read two chapters of this. I just have to read three chapters of this. And then I get to read from the Song of Songs, right? Like, I, and then I get to read from the, from an epistle. And so it's been really helpful to me because there are certain books and you can, you know, if you go back and listen to podcasts I've been interviewed on, you can always hear, you're like, Ooh, is that how she feels about Ezekiel? <laughs> right? Like there, there are some books, I have a much easier time with Leviticus than I do, uh, for example, with second Chronicles. Right. Um, and, and I need, I, I need just that reassurance that like, it's okay if you're not loving this, yes, right? Um, yes. Because there are parts of scripture that you will love. And, and just because you don't find this passage really thrilling doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. I think it's so, so important to read the parts of scripture that we don't particularly enjoy, which is why I'm still doing this annual schedule all these years later, because sometimes God does speak to me through Chronicles and sometimes God does speak to me through Numbers and through Leviticus and through Sirach and these other books that like aren't always the easiest for me to read, but God is always working. And I've had moments of intense revelation in passages that I have rolled my eyes at the tedium of for decades, right? And so 
to continue to step back into these passages is so important. And that's one thing that I love about the journal. So the journal gives you just the schedule. You have to read in your own Bible because I think it's so important to mark up your Bible and to have the footnotes and to see the context. Um, but then there's a reflection every day. And the reflection talks about one of the readings or maybe several of the readings. And because there's 365 reflections, it's like every possible way of engaging with scripture, right? Mm -hmm. Like some days are, oh, isn't this so beautiful? And here's how it's moved me. And some days are like, oh, imagine yourself in this scenario. And some days are, this passage is really hard to deal with and that's okay. And some days are, this passage is really boring and like, we're just going to read it anyway. And sometimes it's like, here's a here's what the Greek means, or here's what the connection is to the Old Testament. Or like, if you see this phrase, it's used in this other place. It's like, it's scholarly and it's emotive and it's just like raw and honest and saying like, you know what, honestly, like I've read this passage two dozen times and I got nothing for you, right? Like <laughs> I, I know that it has value because it is the word of God. And just because I can't see that doesn't mean that it's not there, right? And so just to be able to engage with scripture in all of these different ways. And there are going to be reflections that people will read and be like, wow, that really doesn't do it for me. And that's okay because, you know, again, scripture is a river deep and wide, right? There are so many different ways that we encounter the Lord in scripture. And this is really kind of like the scattershot method of let me just throw everything at the wall and, and let's see what sticks. And you're going to come out of this and you're going to be like, wow, these are the ways of approaching the word of God that really are meaningful to me. And I'm going to try and continue in that vein. And this is something that like, yeah, I don't really know what she was going for there. I'm not really feeling it. And that's okay because the idea is really just to invite people to encounter Jesus in scripture and trust that the Holy Spirit is going to do the rest. I, what I love about this journal, because I have been reading through, I have not made it through 21 times. In fact, I have not even made it through one time. So this is a good encouragement. January starts again in just a few days and that's a good start. But I've read through with your plan from your um, from your website. And then when we, your journal came in, I've switched over to that. And what I love about it is that it helps me study scripture, but then it also invites me to pray scripture. And I think for a long time when I would enter into those passages where it's like, well, what is this? I really want to know. There was this tension. Well, I can go Google it, but then it feels like I'm cheating on my prayer time because I really just want to <laughs> sit with this. And so I think what's beautiful about you as a guide through scripture, especially as someone who's walked through it and prayed through it so many times, is that it's just this beautiful mix of both. Like here, here you might be wondering about this. And then also have you prayed about this? And I think that's just such a fantastic way to enter into prayer with scripture. And it's, it's a little bit sneaky too, because the reason that it's a journal is just to try and like trick people into <laughs> reading the whole Bible, right? Like I am not a journaler. I would never buy this book, honestly, <laughs> because that's just not, that's not the way that I work, but I know a lot of people who are journalers. And mm -hmm. if they start journaling, then they'll, you know, you fall off the wagon six months, you haven't read the Bible and then you'll stumble across this book again and be like, Oh, but I already started. So I really should keep going. Like, I don't want to waste this book. Right. Or the number of people I've talked to who are like, well, I read for two months and then I, I got distracted. Life got complicated. So I have to start over. And I'm like, you do not have to start over. Amen. There is no merit in reading the Bible in a year, right? Mm -hmm. the, the point is to read the Bible. And I just feel like I can convince people to commit for a year. And so that's what I go with. But but there's no particular virtue in this amount of time, right? The idea is just to read the whole thing. And so I feel like with the journal, people are like writing in this journaling space 
and then they get distracted for six months and then they come back and they're like, oh, I don't have to start at the beginning. Like I can start on day 46 because I know that I've read days one through 45. And so it's just, I don't know. I feel like a lot of my life is just trying to figure out ways to convince Catholics <laughs> just to spend time with scripture. And so that's the point of this book is to trick people into reading the Bible. When people are reading scripture and so many of us, myself included, have started off with good intentions and then fall off the bandwagon and then six months later and then maybe a year later. And I love what you said. There's not any virtue in finishing it within a calendar year, but do you have any tips and advice to actually actually enter into it and make it cover to cover when it's hard and challenging is it building good habits is it discipline what does that look like to to enter into it and finish it you know I think it really depends on the person right for some people accountability is really important and so maybe getting a group of friends together and saying we're gonna we're gonna do this together this year and so then if you have fallen off for a week or two, you're like, oh, okay, but we do, we meet up once a month. And if I'm like, oh yeah, I'm six weeks behind you guys, you know, that's going to be awkward, right? Like maybe, maybe you just need peer pressure to make you do it. Uh, one thing that I find is really helpful. So I, I'm the kind of person that like, I just commit to something and then I do it every day till I die. Like, that's just, that's just how I am. It's not necessarily healthy all the time. Um, but, but I don't, I don't need like tips and tricks because that's just not an, the way that my brain works, right? Yep. Yep. Um, I'm kind of like a, a dog with a bone. I latch onto something and I never let go. But I think for a lot of people, you know, you say, well, I'm going to do it every day. And then you miss one day and you're like, well, now I'm not a person who does this any, every day, right? And so you you just quit entirely because, because you're no longer that person. Um, and so one thing that I found really helpful for a lot of people is the idea of Sunday as a jubilee to say that every Sunday – is a fresh start. Every Sunday we start over again. And so if you decide you're a person who prays the rosary every day and you pray the rosary on Sunday and Monday and then not on Tuesday through Saturday, well, Sunday comes and it's a jubilee and you are a person who prays the rosary every day. And okay. so doing like sort of an examine for Sunday mass where you're like, okay, what what's the kind of person that I want to be and how do I start again today? And there's no sense of recrimination. There's no feeling of failure. And so instead of being discouraged, like, oh, I, I messed up this week. It's like, nope, the rest of this week doesn't matter, right? The biblical idea of Jubilee is not a reckoning of debts. It's saying, all debts are gone. I don't have to sit here and feel guilty about all of the things I've messed up. It's a it's a fresh start. It's a it's a resurrection, right? And so every Sunday maybe you have this practice of examine on your way to Sunday mass or or um, when you're praying at the beginning of mass or maybe with your spouse at the end of the evening to sit back and say, "Okay, you know what? Here's the person that I want to be and and today it starts fresh." After reading through scripture, you're on your 20 20- finishing up your 21st read through, do you have any favorite verses that you find yourself turning back to over and over again? Ones you've memorized, keep close to your heart. Oh my gosh, so many, so, so many. My all-time favorite, and it has been for probably a good six or eight years, is Hebrews 12, one through four, which uh, the author says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus the leader and perfecter of faith for the sake of the joy that lay before him. He endured the cross, despising its shame, and has taken his place at the right of the throne of God. Consider all he endured in opposition from sinners, in order that you might not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. And it's just, Chloe, it's just like everything I love, right? It's the saints surrounding us. It's the pursuit of Christ. It's his tender love to us. I mean, just this idea that we consider all he endured in order that you might not grow weary and lose heart, right? It's not that Jesus 
had to suffer these things because it's the only way he could save our sorry butts. It's that he was like, no, like when she is, when she's discouraged and when she's weary and when she can't handle her life, I want her to look to me carrying the cross. I want her to look to me crowned with thorns. I want her to look to me hanging on Calvary and say, oh, but he suffered first and he suffered most and he loved me through all of that. Like the joy that it gives to our heart to know what we were worth. Like it's just, oh, it's just, it's everything. That and the Song of Songs. Oh, I'm a sucker for the Song of Songs. It was the first reading at Mass this morning and I was like, Jesus, look at you, look at you, right? Like every time I stumble across the Song of Songs anywhere, I'm like, oh, it's a little love letter right there. I love this one. Uh, yeah, and Isaiah and Philippians and and all of the Gospels. That, yeah, there's there's a lot. There, there are some books where I would be like, I don't have a favorite verse from that book. Um, <laughs> but it would definitely take me a long time if we if I were to wax poetic about all of my favorite <laughs> passages. So what I want for listeners, what I want for myself is to be able to enter into scripture and, and be able to have that encounter, to have verses that just strike us where can listeners pick up a copy of a year in the word Catholic Bible journal and where can they connect with you online to keep this conversation going? Because you talk about scripture, you talk about the saints and we, I just love following along with you. So the easiest thing to do to connect with me is that if you Google hobo for Christ, uh, you'll find my website and I've got all of my social media links on there. And so you can follow me. I'm, I'm great on Instagram. I'm okay on Facebook. I'm around on Twitter. Um, I'm no good at anything else. I, I have a blog and I have a podcast and every couple of years I remember that um, and I do something about that. Not super consistent over there. Uh, to get a copy of the book, you can go to saintsaroundtheworld.com um, and there's a buy link there and it'll show you all the best ways to buy uh, all of my different books in, depending on you know what country you're in or like what mega store you're trying to avoid purchasing from <laughs> um, and that you know the best ways to support uh, publishers and to support authors and illustrators this this book is lovely your saints around the world became my go-to book for all of the kids in my life uh, oh, pray for us became your go-to book for all of my adults in my life and so now I'm loving adding this one into the rotation of gift giving so thank you for putting it together well friend thank you I'm so glad it's been helpful for you so one last question for you before we close our time together and it's this one the one that you answered before and all women answer on the show and it's how do you live out the feminine genius in your daily ordinary life especially as a woman encouraging others to dive into scripture and deepen their relationship with the lord and with his church you know i was um at an rca class the other day sort of like randomly i wasn't speaking or anything i was just there and one of the men there said you know i understand why it is that men would want to be catholic but he was like ladies could you could you tell me what it is in in your femininity that draws you to the catholic church and just like out of my mouth came pouring um, this this witness to who I am as a bride of Jesus. And I think that that's very much a part of my experience of scripture as well. To, to my mind, scripture is is a love letter. And in places, it's an inscrutable love letter, uh, but it's something written to me from my bridegroom. And I, I experience Jesus in scripture that way. I experience him in the Eucharist that way. Uh, and I think that you know, every human being is called to be a bride of Christ, regardless of whether you're male or female. But as a woman, there's something that's so natural about experiencing Jesus as bridegroom and recognizing ourselves as being called to the marital embrace of the Eucharist. And I think that for me, um, so much of, of my gratitude for my femininity is rooted in 
the ease of that relationship with Jesus, where there's nothing about that that feels unnatural. There's nothing about that that makes me feel uncomfortable, that I can just come before him as the bride of the Song of Songs, and I can let him say to me, you, you are completely beautiful, my beloved, and there is no blemish in you. And I'm, I'm just so grateful, I think also for my brokenness, that makes me crave that so deeply, uh, for the ways that he's allowed me to suffer loneliness and want uh, that has made it so obvious that he's the only one who fulfills that desire of my heart. And I think that I've really seen the way that that longing and his satisfying of that longing has borne fruit in my work in the world um, as a woman, as a spiritual mother, and just being able to proclaim God's goodness as bridegroom. Meg, thank you so much for coming on the show. Having this recording session in my calendar has been something I've been looking forward to for, for a long time. So thanks so much for making time for this today. Thank you, friend. I hope you have a beautiful Christmas. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Letters to Women. Check out the show notes for my conversation with Meg on my website, letterstowomenpodcast.com, or scroll down in your podcast player for links to get a copy of Meg's new Bible journal and connect with her on her website. And if you're on Instagram, go follow Meg's account at mhunterkilmer. In the show notes, you'll also find a link to the Little Catholic Box. They're the sponsor for today's episode. And you'll also find a sign up for my newsletter and nap time notes. So every month I share about what I'm reading, some thrift store finds that I've loved, little tiny shifts that are making big differences here in our home. That newsletter is always going to be free. But if you subscribe at $5 a month, you get early and ad-free access to all the Letters to Women podcast episodes before they go live. If you listen to this podcast, you love the conversations and the guests of the show, please leave a rating and review, especially if you tune in via iTunes. And if you know a woman who is wanting to read through the entire Bible in 2023, please send this episode with Meg her way. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss any future episodes. And I've got some really fun episodes lined up for you in the new year. If you ever want to share about a guest that you want to see on the show or share your experience as a listener, send me an email at letters to women at gmail.com. And that's all I have for today's episode. So until next time, be not afraid.